0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Wanna Vibe. I'm Issa. I'm Abby. Oh, yes. Okay, great falsetto. <laughs> Today, we
1: are, we're, we're testing on a little bit of a different format. Um, today's like a hybrid episode, which I'm actually kind of excited about because we instead of it just being straight interview, it's going to be like half solo, half interview.
0: Yeah, half duo, half interview.
1: Yeah. Have duo, half trio. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the vibe today is self-defense. hmm And um, actually, Isa brought this, this vibe to the
0: table. Um, yeah, I thought it was really important because I think that women, as women, we don't really talk about scary things. And you mentioned that. You'll hear Abby mention it later in the episode because we don't talk about bad, negative things that can possibly happen. And unfortunately, as women, we have to protect ourselves and we have to be aware of our surroundings. And a lot of times we're not. And and especially, you know, in my example, how I see it is we go running, we're out in the street, we run the same route every day. And as scary as it sounds, there could be someone who notices that you run the same route every day.
1: Yeah. I mean, it can also be as simple as like you walking from your car to your front door. And unsolicited. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't. You have sleeping to be- in your bed and completely untargeted.
0: I mean, like we're vulnerable, even in our most comfortable atmospheres, we are vulnerable. When and- I first moved into this apartment that we're in now, mm-hmm. um, it's on the ground floor. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you I could not sleep, Mm-hmm. like the first few months because it yeah. scared me to think that somebody could walk right up to our my bedroom window yeah. and and I was like well thank God for the dog because the dog barks he makes noise he's a big boy but yeah. those are things that like you have to think about are you on the ground floor or are you on the second floor
1: also the, the interesting thing is is that I um, I think about these types of situations, I think probably more so than your average person would. And that's likely relative to the amount of true crime content that I consume. But, um, you know, in Jesse and I's first apartment in Jersey city, we were on the third floor, but all of the buildings were connected. So if you were in another building and you got to the roof, you could easily get to our roof and then get onto our balcony. You could climb up the fire escape. Ladders exist. People ladders exist fucking lock your second floor windows. Just because you're not on the first floor doesn't mean you're you're totally safe from harm. Right. Um, so like all of these little things where, you know, and to your point before, and I mentioned this later in the episode too, is like, I also feel like when it comes to scary things or uncomfortable things, we, not just women, like we as human beings st- tend to stick our head in the sands a little mm-hmm. bit because we don't want to believe that um something like that could happen to us that makes it real that makes it scary then we have to deal with it and the fact of the matter is is that if you're not thinking about these things if you're not thinking about worst case scenario then you're not prepared yep and this this doesn't just go for our physical um safety, but it's the same way as like you save money in case you lose your job or in case you have an emergency or whatever. Absolutely. Like you also need to prepare mentally and physically for the fact that
0: at some point in time, you might find yourself in a, in harm's way. Because I think there's always, I, I think we've experienced a time where maybe you felt threatened by someone or like somebody, you know, maybe they're walking too close to you or, you know, or they mm-hmm. cross the street toward you when it's mm-hmm. like a dark night mm-hmm. and you're, you have a to dark make, night, <laughs> but really, you know, like if you're out at night and you're walking or whatever, and somebody where normally people would cross the street and get away from you, all right. of a sudden someone sees you and then comes toward you and maybe they didn't see you, but that's when it has to click. It can't yeah. be, you cannot freeze. Yeah. And that for me would probably be my default. It'd be like, Ugh! yeah, and yeah. I don't want to freeze. I want to be able to kick and punch and do whatever I can to either get away if I'm being attacked or if somebody, you know, touches me inappropriately. I want to be able to be like, bah!" like chop, chop an arm off, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know this not going to happen, but I'm just like, um, the chopping is not going to happen. I mean, but like, I, I want to be prepared. I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to, I don't want to recoil in fear because that's like the first thing is like you kind of cover your, your private like for me it's like you cover your boobs you know you're like push pull your hands towards your chest like just to protect yourself
1: if somebody I grabbed think, it i think i think i go i do a face
0: my first instinct is to protect my face which shows how vain i
1: am <laughs> um but I also think so. So, when Issa and I started talking about this topic, um, I fully said, like, listen, there are things that I think about, but I also definitely am not in a position to be giving someone actual advice when it comes to defending themselves. Right. So, we have a very special treat later on in this episode where Fiona Watson, who is a um, second degree black belt in. Brazilian Mm -hmm. jiu-jitsu and someone that Issa has known for a long time. She has her own Brazilian jiu-jitsu academy. She teaches self-defense. She joins us later um, to talk a little bit about like actual logistical things that you can do um, should you find yourself in a position of vulnerability. Um, But we just wanted to also add our two cents in and sort of like where our brain goes when we start talking about this topic because like you said, like you cover your boobs.
0: Well, I'm not, Which I'm is just fair. saying like, my, what I'm saying is like, I was giving the visual of like pulling your arms in tight. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying like, don't hit my titties. I'm saying no, like, but I'm, you're, like I, would recoil, I would just recoil to protect myself and I wouldn't know what to do from there. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, I would like to think that in a, in a threatening spot, if I was in a, thre- I felt threatened that I would be able to punch or kick or bite or do whatever I could to get out of the situation. And so that's why the mental aspect of all of this is so important because yes, I, will, I like talking to myself. We'll be like, girl, if this happens, you got to just throw your body. You can't freeze. And I think the more that we talk about it, I know it's scary to think that someone may have an opportunity to attack us. Yeah. And I hate seeing these stories of women getting attacked and what I attacked and killed and then what I really think is important too though and it makes me sad but it also I'm like yes girl when they're like the man did not leave unscathed where Mm -hmm. there's Mm -hmm. scratches and they fought for their life you know Mm -hmm. I I would like to hope that if I was in that position that I fought for my life
1: yeah I think there's um my brain my brain goes in ugh, like every single direction. I know the first thing I mentioned to you when we started talking about this is that my first instinct if if I were in a position of like being abducted is to leave dna everywhere. Mhm. Touch everything, pull your fucking hair out claw like you said get some of that dna underneath your fingernails like i just like now we're in a point in time where like it's not 1950 like dna is everything and i'm mm-hmm. like i'm going to leave every single trace of myself where i was so that i can be found yeah um the other thing i think about is um something that i'm hella guilty of but it's something that our um, ladies at my favorite murder always harp on is fuck politeness. Like in this day and age where sex trafficking is a billion dollar business for some of the most powerful people in the world, which is a whole other episode, but kind of one of the things that sparked this conversation, um, is we are conditioned as women to not raise the alarm when we feel uncomfortable. We're, we're conditioned to be submissive. Yeah. Um, and we're conditioned to be polite and not like cause a scene. But you really have, we really have to be able to like tap into our intuition. And if we know in our gut something's not right, we're better safe than sorry. Start fucking yelling, start screaming, call the police, run home, whatever it is. Who fucking cares how stupid you look? If it turns out to be that there was nothing wrong. You're at least you're alive to apologize for your behavior right? versus the alternate. You know what I mean? And you didn't say
0: anything and you didn't speak up and you didn't make noise and you didn't do these things. And now you're fucked. Isn't that crazy that as, you know, as women, we're conditioned to think that if we're like, Hey, what are you doing? You know, that then the person can flip a switch and they're like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. And then you're like, Oh, sorry. I didn't. My bad. You, you looked crazy yeah, I'm sorry, you were grabbing at my hand and I didn't know what you were doing, you know? like It's almost like you turn into the bad guy, which is so beyond my comprehension. But absolutely, and we talk about that again later in the episode, you have to be loud, you have to draw attention to yourself Mm -hmm. in some way if you feel threatened. And And also,
1: likelihood is if you're, you know, walking down the street and you're the only one there and there's some sketchy-ass motherfucker and you call out that you see them and you draw attention to yourself and them, they're going to be less likely to try some shit. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think about, I've been thinking about this a lot more too, because now I'm in a new neighborhood. I'm not as familiar. I definitely don't feel as safe, especially in like Rutherford, which is like, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like the safest place ever. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. And I, I can't help but think uh, from the perspective of a parent as well, And one of the things that Jesse and I have been talking about recently, because I mean, up until COVID, like we travel a lot and we also go to public places a lot. And Fiona made a quick reference about, um, like teaching kids self-defense. Yeah. And I think it's super important to start having these conversations with your children as fucked up as it is. And no, like nobody wants to scare their kid, you know, out of being able to enjoy themselves. But the reality is, is that we're living in a fucked up world, guys. Like it just, that's just the facts. And so you also want to educate your kids on self-defense and also educate them on speaking up for themselves, educate them on communicating. Like what we, what Jesse and I Discussed is when we're in places like airports and places that are sort of like
0: hustle and bustle, like busy. Mm,
1: Yeah, like a little like known for like the chances of you getting lost or whatever is higher, right? Than if you're in like a library. We don't use Dylan's name, we call him like Bud or Man or whatever. Because in my mind, if I were a child abductor, which I am not, but what I would do is, oh, that's Dylan. Hey, Dylan. I know your dad, how are you? Come with me, he asked me to come get you and like bring you over here or something like that. Your kid who's young and doesn't understand is more likely to trust someone who knows their name, who thinks that they know them. So try to avoid using your kid's name in public. Stop being like, Dylan, stop it, Dylan. You know what I mean? Because you're just making yourself more vulnerable. And the other thing is, is that we tell Dylan all the time, if you ever find yourself lost, Look for a mom with their kids. Look for someone in uniform that works where you are. You know what I mean? Don't just go up to anybody. Like you have to be strategic about, and granted he's four. So like he doesn't know what strategic is, but I'm like, find another mom. Find another kid and ask them where their mom is. Find a police officer. If you're at Starbucks, ask somebody behind the counter. If you're at a grocery store, ask a cashier. You know what I mean? Like find someone that works where you are. That breaks Um, my
0: heart that this is even has to be a conversation.
1: But you know what it is? It never was a conversation. In all of the generations before ours, it never was a conversation. And we all know how that went. You know, like child abductions in the 80s. Are you fucking kidding me? More people need to be having these conversations, and they don't because it's scary. It's really fucking scary.
0: But the fact of the matter is, is that pervs are going to be pervs. You know, like yep. we and can't they're not change that exactly. They're not going to stop. So we have to be prepared. Totally, that's the most important thing is that we prepare ourselves. And again, even though it's scary and we don't want to talk about these things, you don't want to scare your child. You don't want to even scare yourself. But if you're prepared or if you even gave a little thought to it, you have more preparation than if you were just to ignore it and, you know, put it on the back burner and be like, oh, I'll cross that bridge when it gets to it. It cannot be that way.
1: No. Yeah, totally. Um, so this is like sort of heavy duty and... Um I, 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 don't, I don't think we intended it to be that way. And definitely the conversation that's going to follow with Fiona is like a lot lighter and more fun. So yeah. don't just turn this off and be depressed. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that sometimes the heavy conversations have to be had and the things that no one wants to hear have to be said. So we, we said, we're going to you know? say it. We said it. That's it. Hmm.
0: Hmm. <laughs> um, so anything else you want to add? No. Just fight, kick, punch, and beat the shit out of somebody, and don't let anybody take you. <sighs> don't get abducted. Know your worth, bro. Like, you are worth
1: a couple of hours of self-defense class. You're worth your life, you know? Yeah. So, like, protect yourself and protect your loved ones, you know? Um, and with that, we will segue into this awesome and insightful and informative interview with Fiona Watson. Love you guys. Bye. Wanna Bye. Vibe is a podcast and resource speaking simply about all things wellness. We want to break down each topic and start from the beginning, avoiding the assumption that everyone knows the building blocks to a particular subject.
0: The way we see it, wellness is all-encompassing of each aspect that affects our everyday lives. In addition to our faves like fitness and nutrition, this could mean anything from relationships to careers, finances, spirituality, and so much more. We are Abby and Issa. Wanna Vibe? Hey everyone, welcome back to Wanna Vibe. I'm Issa. I'm Abby. And today we're talking about ass kicking. Yeah, a lot of <coughs> ass kicking and fighting and MMA and jujitsu.
1: Also, um, I am recording somewhere different today. So I want to like give everyone a heads up that like Dexter might be acting a fool. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna, we're going to test out this setup and see how it goes. Right now he's assed out next to my feet.
0: So. Sorry, so so that's a plus.
1: But he um, okay. So today we have Fiona Watson, who is a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu double black belt. Am I saying that right?
2: Second degree black belt. Yeah. Second
1: degree black belt. Um, and you own your own Jiu Jitsu academy.
2: Yes, uh, Notorious Mixed Martial Arts, in East Rutherford, New Jersey.
1: Wow, badass bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Fiona.
2: So again, my name is Fiona Watson. Uh, I own and operate Notorious Mixed Martial Arts in East Rutherford, Like I said, um, I've been training in martial arts since I was three years old. So I don't really know life without the mat. So I didn't
0: know it was that long, Fee. That's like crazy. Yeah, I
2: actually the first thing that I ever did was do martial arts. Like people are like, um, "Where did you? How do you get started?" Things like that, but. I literally didn't talk. I didn't really walk. I learned how to walk on the mat. I learned how to communicate. Yeah. Are your parents involved in MMA or? Both of my parents are not, um, but my older cousins did some mixed martial arts training, not so much jujitsu, but they had brought me to like try out.
0: Cool. So
1: that's how you got started because of your cousins and-
2: Yeah, like they were into it, and I was kind of like very quiet. Like I'm one of those people. I'm like very quiet and shy, and I was like. (laughs) And then they were like, "Why don't you give it a try?" So the one day I went, and that was it. Like golden from there, you know.
0: Wow.
1: So did your parents like see? They must have. I mean, because at three, four, or five, really, you're like too young to really be making your own decisions. So your parents must have kind of seen your comfort and you kind of come alive when you were in that environment and just sort of like encouraged you to keep going.
2: Yeah. So like I said, I had like a little bit of like, um, I was very like timid and shy. and Yeah. Like I was very reserved. Like I really would only communicate, especially that young, like to my mom, I had -hmm. a really close bond with her. And then like, it would start bringing out my self confidence. Like you could see, I was I was able to like stand tall and have good posture. And if someone was speaking to me, so more I think at that age, it was because of that. It wasn't so much to learn the martial arts, mm-hmm. more like confidence building, getting disciplined, yeah. those kind of things. That's I awesome. Like
1: I hear that a lot uh, with. Um, little kids is like getting them started in mixed martial arts young it really does teach them a lot of discipline but also it it teaches you
0: the ability to protect yourself too which is so valuable especially as a little kid like you don't you don't think that you have to right like as a kid you're just like I'm covered by my mom or my dad yeah
2: yeah you're not I always say that too, like uh, my students, cause I teach students that young as well. And I always say like to their parents when they're gonna sign up, I'm like, you gotta use this like as an opportunity for like character building. You're gonna learn self-defense, but there's so much other areas that will benefit, you know, for a child that young. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: That's a really good point. Um, so can you just tell us a little bit about jujitsu and like, I, i'm taking this like we're 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 gonna take this like really really dumbed down because i don't know shit about shit um <laughs> but like is is Bra- J- Bra- brazilian brazilian jiu-jitsu different from some other kind of jiu-jitsu is it only brazilian and why is it yeah. different than like other mixed martial arts
2: okay so uh brazilian jiu-jitsu is like its own entity there's many kinds of jiu-jitsu um but brazilian jiu-jitsu obviously founded in brazil and uh it's basically a grappling heart. So what that means is like, there's no striking of any kind, but you're basically wrestling the person to submission holds, which is like to get the person to surrender or tap out like choke holds or shoulder locks or hyperextending the elbow. That's like really how you would um, describe it. I would say. What would I'm sorry. And then in comparison to the other one, Um, Like Japanese Jiu Jitsu and other ones, they have some like different moves, like some of the techniques are different. That's why like they're not considered the same genre, you know,
0: That makes sense. What was like your aha moment for Brazilian Jiu Jitsu specifically? Like that you were like, I love this and this is what I want to compete in.
2: So that's actually a great question for me. Sorry, my dog is. Don't, <laughs> don't worry, we got <laughs> the has It's
1: become a dog friendly podcast. I, think, I don't think there's anything else we could do about it at this point. <laughs>
2: um, basically, my first Jiu Jitsu coach, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu coach, was a woman. So that was like yeah. my aha moment, yes. That's amazing. Um, I trained with, you know, in my striking, I trained striking like from three until 15. All of my coaches were men. So Mm -hmm. when I started training Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I was like so intrigued by her. Like she was like this like awesome like teacher and I wanted to be just like her. So I kind of. Was like wow. Like if that's what it's gonna be like, like I'm gonna do whatever I can do to be like that. You know, I that's love that. So
0: great, yeah. I think that's the best thing. Like, cause you want to just you find somebody and you just want to emulate them and any way possible. You're like, I just want to get to where you are, and you can like strive toward it where you like can see the progress of like, oh my gosh, I can do this now, just like her. You know, like it's and so- how lucky to have such a positive female role model in
1: your life, in addition to your mom. I feel like there are a lot of people that aren't that lucky. So, um, that's pretty awesome. And my, I just had one clarifying question. When you say striking, does that mean like punching, kicking? Yeah. So I did a,
2: I did a majority of like a, like mixed, I would consider it mixed martial arts. So I did boxing. I did Muay Thai, kickboxing. I did, um, mostly MMA, like combining the ground and like boxing and kickboxing. And I also wrestled in high school. I was the only female wrestler, so. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. Oh my god, there's Saved by the Bell.
0: Yeah. yeah oh, thank you. A, thank you for oh, getting that. I didn't get it. So,
1: there is a couple, like one or two episodes of Save by the Bell, where there's a girl wrestler and all of the boys are like making fun of her, and like AC Slater is like helping her, and then Jesse gets jealous. And so, Christy, I think her name was Christy. Oh my gosh. I can't believe you just got that. I love Save by the Bell. It's like, I, I love that show. Defined my <laughs> childhood. Um, that's really, really badass. Um, when did you decide to start your own academy and like
2: really like really boss the fuck out okay so (laughs) this is getting a little (laughs) bit complicated but all right so um when i was 17 i kind of had to like when i was gonna graduate high school i kind of had to make a decision like if i wanted to go to college or if i wanted to pursue like teaching because i had already been teaching when i was in high school so my mom, again, being that positive role model for me, really encouraged me to go to college. And I, you know, it was a tough decision for me because I was competing full time and I did go and I graduated. I went to college for five years. I got a bachelor's degree in business from Felician. And um, three weeks later, I took all my savings and I opened my gym. <laughs>
0: yeah. How long is the,
2: How long has the gym been open now? We just reached uh, actually on June first, seven years. That's wow. huge. Yeah, <laughs>
1: especially like being so young and starting a business, there's like so much that could go wrong. So you were you just like following your instinct when you're making decision decisions? Did you hire people? Did you take advice from others? Like what did that look like?
2: So I was actually really fortunate and uh, blessed. The the first coach that I had like in striking MMA, he gave me a lot of opportunities to teach for him as I was in my teenage years. So more than he was teaching me how to teach, he was teaching me how to run the business. And I really am grateful for him. His name is Peter Tosino. Um, Shout out Peter. Yeah, he's <laughs> actually an incredible, uh, I would consider him more of a life coach. Um, he helped me with the aspect of like treating people with integrity and understanding there's going to be difficult moments and, um, building myself. Basically I, I was lucky because a lot of the students that I was teaching did follow me, you know? So when I opened, I wasn't starting from zero. Like many people were, I had a strong student base and, um, I was really lucky in that way, but I did learn a lot about the business side from him. And obviously both my mom and my sister are super, um, successful women. And I learned a lot about running the business from them as well. So.
0: I think it's such a big deal and to acknowledge that you absorbed all that information at a young age. Cause I feel like a lot of people, you know, they have the opportunity to like teach and like do these things at a young age, if they want to, like they, they're Pursuing their passions or whatever, but then they're just kind of just teaching. They're not taking anything else from what they're being taught. It's just like, oh yeah, I'm just here to do what I do. And yeah. for you to like really take it with you and then be able to open your yeah. academy is humongous.
1: Yeah, yeah it's like was, a big, it's bigger picture of thinking. Of course, <laughs> that's scary as shit. Absolutely Are you kidding me. But look at what you've built. Yeah. um
0: I just want to say too, I go to a gym now in North Arlington, and I saw somebody with your decal. It's like Team Fiona, and it like I'll take a picture of it and I'll send it to you next time because it's always it's like this one black truck and I'm like I should really take a picture of this. I'm always just rushing into the gym, but yeah, I don't know who the truck it is. I know it's just knock on the, every door around there. But like, excuse me.
1: <laughs> it seems like a lot of the martial arts uh, practices, regardless of exactly what the type is, are really less about the physicality and more about the mental discipline and getting in the right mindset and it reminds me a lot of yoga like it is it is a physical practice yes but it's more so a mental practice does that is that like correct
2: I um I always say to people with that that's actually really true as far as the mental part of the martial arts, in my opinion, is like probably the hardest part to succeed at. Mm. Like, for instance, yeah. uh, I have an all-women's program at my gym where I teach self-defense and jujitsu, and some of them do compete in jujitsu. But the hardest part is sometimes, like, I have I have moms that go in that might have kids or their days are super tough or things like that but they have to realize like going there the mental part they're doing that for them they're trying to get in shape they're trying to you know focus on themselves for a little bit and sometimes that is like so difficult to do so especially with something like jujitsu and you're taking a physical beating like Almost every day, <laughs> so like mentally, you need to be a little bit savage. You know, you have to be yeah. a little. Bit, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could do that. I don't yeah, know if I could, like, yeah, you did, You know. You did. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to say too, Feek, because you're like, if somebody were to look at you, like just first glance, like they would be like, "Look at this tiny girl." Yeah, you're very unassuming. But she's, she's small, like you're small, you're small, but she's strong as hell. Like if you ever see her pictures and shit, she's just like ripped up, strong. And then, so I want to know, like, what are people's reactions when they see how like athletic and strong you are?
2: Uh, I mean, I definitely like, I'll have to say like when people, uh, (laughs) I have like this weird thing that happens to me at the tournaments. Like if I wear like a tank top or something and they come up and they like pet my arms and I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, guys, like it's not like that big a deal. But it's funny because uh, my whole life, like, no one in my family is like super. Like my immediate family is like super athletic. So for me to like get to where I am, I had to put in a lot of hard work. I mean, I uh, I do strength training all the time. Like I do strength training along with jujitsu practice every day. And like I said, I'm not one of those people who's naturally gifted. So. I had to really put in the work.
1: <laughs> I want to hear exactly what that entails. I want to know what your workouts look like, what your daily routine looks like, what you eat, like give it all to me.
2: Okay. So basically I, um, I wake up every day and I go to strength training at my gym. So my, my boyfriend who, uh, is one of my strength trainers, his gym is in Hawthorne. So I should probably shout them out. It's uh, do you even move fitness? It's a small group training gym where like I've been training for like last couple years, I would say two, around two. But um, basically I wake up, I go there. I Do you eat before you lift? Yes. So some people do not do that. I always eat eggs. So <laughs> I am a big time waking up earlier. I get my breakfast in. I drink coffee. If I don't drink coffee, I'm not someone you want to train that day. <laughs> I go to the gym and I lift and I lift heavy, you know, I, I'm, I'm light. Like my normal competition weight is like 114 pounds. So I'm very small. I'm 30, I'm 30 years old. So that it's kind of tiny, but, um, I lift pretty heavy. And then, um, after that, I immediately go to jujitsu practice. Mm. So I don't have like, the only time I have off from training is the drive from Hawthorne, To my Gemini's, so you're
0: like still warm when you're going over there, right? Like, and then
2: from there, I do all my calisthenic training. We drill techniques, like back and forth, my my team um, at Notorious, and uh, then we roll. We go live. We actually fight each other, which is my favorite part. (laughs) And and then we rest for a little bit. I come home and I eat, and obviously shower and get ready for the next session. Then I go in, and then I start teaching the youngest kids. And we pretty much go in age order. So I go to the youngest kids, older kids, more advanced kids, women, and adult. Yeah. And then I train again that night.
1: Holy shit! Dang. Yeah. Wait. So I I'm just so curious. Like, what? When do you eat? Do <laughs> so you I eat live. in between your first two workouts?
2: Yeah. So I definitely, I eat breakfast. I always eat breakfast. When people ask me that question, which I'm happy you guys did, because a lot of people don't, I always eat breakfast and I always eat lunch, but there's a lot of times I won't eat dinner. A Mm. lot of times, which is like, people ask me like, you know, why don't you do that? But really the answer to that question is I'm just on the mat from like, four till ten so yeah. there's no time really
1: how do you have the energy
2: yeah girl I don't know like they taught they me that too they're like you know you gotta really love what you do and mm-hmm. and let me tell you I have not worked a day in my life you know I I love what I do and I wouldn't change it for anything you know
0: that's the best and you even go to Cali and compete right and like the kids in your in your yeah. uh practice like go there right and like they're they're real good too
2: yeah. So I, saw, I signed pro. So I'm actually pro. Um, and yeah, wow. I don't know. I don't tell a lot of people that, but I signed pro. You are so I, now. <laughs> Not everyone knows your secret's out. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I've, I've been all over actually, at least the U.S., you know, competing. And I've been on the biggest stages and I'm grateful and healthy and lucky to do that. And I do bring my team. Uh, like you said, my kids program has been known for a long time. And they're amazing. Um, I, I can't, they inspire me. The way that they work out is like, you know, I was just talking to one of the parents earlier today and they were saying to me like, my kids here from four until 10 every day. Like they just can't believe the dedication and it shows, you know, it shows. That's awesome. It is.
1: What has been thus far the highlight of your career? Okay,
2: so uh, I was getting like, trampled on by this one girl in the tournaments. <laughs> i think i had lost her like five or six times at least and i was like every single day the tournament was on a saturday that monday i would go back to the gym and i'd be like my my professor's name is professor marcio i'd be like professor marcio i'm gonna beat this girl like i'm gonna do whatever it takes you know Hell yeah to beat and everyone was like, wow, like Fiona, I like, I was drip, like I was going to beat her. So I registered for a tournament. I knew she was going to be in the bracket and I was putting in like serious time. Like I was like, I'm not losing to her again. And I flew out that time without my professor to California. And, um, I went on the mat and I was like, I have her first round. I'm like, I have to beat her. Otherwise I'm out. So I went in there and I beat her and I submitted her in an arm bar and I actually shocked myself. Like when the match is over, I literally like covered my face. Like I was in so much shock. Like I fell to the ground. Like I couldn't believe like my hard work paid off. And like after that, like so many people were clapping and they posted me on jiu-jitsu times and I was oh. like, yeah, it was like the best thing that ever happened. And then I, I never had to fight her again. So <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty happy about that. too. That
0: is absolutely That's awesome. great. Yeah, it was I, the best. So like mentally, what would you say? Like, what do you, how do you speak to yourself and like, what's your mantra when you're fighting? Or even when you're not fighting, like some, I'm sure like there has to be one or two days where you're like, I am tired today. And I have to do this. So like, what gets you through? Like, how do you speak to yourself?
2: So actually, I always, I always say that uh, talking to myself or speaking to myself (laughs) is something that I need to do. Like, especially in my morning or by the night session, like my body and my mind is physically like drained and exhausted. And sometimes like, I'll even go like four or five rounds with someone like really beating me up, you know, like, so I usually tell myself like, you did good today. You know, like celebrate your your little victories every day. I always tell that to my students, like if you had a bad day, celebrate the one thing that you did right. You know, if it was like I got on the mat today, good. You know, I ate something good for myself, good. But I do have to pick myself up and I always tell myself, I know it. I don't wanna sound I'm not conceited at anybody, but I'm allowed tell- to be. No one works harder than me. You know, I, I'm gonna work my hardest every single day and it's going to pay off. It, it, it will, you know, that's what I usually say. So
0: that's awesome.
1: I love the the mindset of celebrating the wins as opposed to focusing on what might have gone in a way that we didn't anticipate because I feel like a lot of us, especially women beat ourselves up constantly, this like mm-hmm. cycle of, you know, self-hatred almost and so if you can take a day that you thought was shit and just find one good thing that happened and focus on that i just think that's like such good advice just in general
2: yeah i agree Uh, like i said it's something that especially with my women's team i i'm on them every single day they step in i always want to ask them like how their day was going Um, if there's anything that they personally want to work on or they feel was difficult from the last practice I mean it's a lot of personal growth the martial arts has taught me way more way way more than just defending myself you know and I try and tell them that like every single day I think that's because especially
0: with women like to connect and asking them like they're not just showing up to your class and that's why you have the following that you do they're not just showing up to your class and you're like okay great do this. Hold. Practice it, mm-hmm. or whatever. You're like legit. You care about their day, like or like, and like you just said. What were you struggling with last time? Let's work on it. You know, because you're never gonna be good on. You're never just gonna be great at something off the bat. That's just like not mm-hmm. how it works. And I think people really underestimate that. Like, practice makes perfect. You got to keep trying. Nobody started out at ten, you know. So I think that's super great, and that you get your following that way. And I'm glad that we're talking about all these women because yeah. what are what we really want to talk about too is also self-defense and fighting yeah. and really yeah. protecting ourselves. Cause there's been so many issues lately and you hear about people getting abducted or, you know, women that are running and they get attacked or, you know, you're going on the subway and somebody grabs at you or something where you're violated. And sometimes it's just, a viol- not just a violation. Sometimes it's somebody being in a- super inappropriate, right? And it's a quick thing and you almost can't respond. But then, I had a friend one time I was like, we were talking, just having like a silly conversation. That's it. Si- whatever. And I said, if somebody broke into your home, mm-hmm. what do you, what do you do? And she was like, Oh God, I would just hide. And I'm like, bitch, no, No. you have to mentally prepare. Like, what if, or if you're walking to your car in the dark, like you can't just be like, oh my God, take my keys. Like take whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to fight you until you kill me. Like you're going to
1: have to. I also think that it's human nature to avoid thinking about things that are scary. Right. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you're not considering worst case scenario, then that means you're unprepared. And so to Issa's point, I think in light of the the what's going on in the world right now and the climate and all of these things that have been brought to light between Jeffrey Epstein and this whole Wayfair conspiracy, oh yeah, whether or not there is any um, uh, clout to any of that, it still, it still makes you think about what would you do in that situation. And I think that... Um, we are all very vulnerable, especially in the day and age that we live in where we're on our phones, we're listening to music, we're not paying attention to our surroundings mm-hmm. and we sort of think we're invincible. We're fucking not. So we wanted to get your expert opinion, um, being that you were a self-defense teacher. And of course, I don't want, I don't want anyone to think that like you explaining some potential, um, Maneuvers that might help you out in a case of emergency is any kind of um, supplementation for taking a self defense class. Yeah. But I would love for you to explain some things that you know are kind of easily digestible, something that we can keep in mind, something that we can remember, and then everyone listening, like, do what you want with this, but fucking at least watch a YouTube video or something. You know, like.
0: Yeah. Or, or get take a, on you know, it. go take a class, take a class and yeah. get involved because you're not, again, like what we were saying, you're not going to be good at something or even be prepared if you don't try yeah. and practice. Like I've thought about hitting people before, but then like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'll break a finger. Like if I <laughs> did it the wrong way. I'm just yeah. That's actually up. a really good point because, you okay. Know? So
1: expert Fiona, talk us through, ha, don't punch with your thumb inside your fist. But, I, I know that much.
2: <laughs> okay. So so basically, like when I'm doing my self-defense courses or things like that, um, the first thing that I always say is, uh, and probably the most important thing, like you guys were saying, is body and self-awareness. You know, if you're going to put yourself in situations where it might potentially be dangerous, like walking to a subway or maybe walking home from work or school or whatever you're doing. You can't be texting on your phone. You know, I know it's 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 easier said than done, but you need to be aware that if it's late and dark at night, someone might be behind you. You know, they might be looking at you. So the first thing is you have to be aware of your own body. And the second thing is you have to be really confident in your own skin, which means like if you walk around kind of like, you know, if you're texting on your phone, your shoulders are kind of, your head is down, you're not really aware of what you're doing. Your shoulders are up and you're walking around like you pretty much own the show I'm not gonna be that really targeted i'm gonna be honest with you i mean um i got that a lot growing up because again like i'm small i'm blonde like people are always kind of around me so i always made sure like when i'm walking i'm presentable if i did get in a, a situation that was not right or i felt a little you know unsafe first thing that I want to do is draw attention to the situation. So I want to make sure that I make noise. at a lot mm. of them. whether I'm screaming, yelling, calling, like throwing something, I want to make sure that if someone else is around me, they're going to know that it's not okay right now. That's mm. the biggest thing. And that kind of situation, if someone is even following me or trying to hold me, there's a few things that you could do there. Like I said, if they're trying to like grab your wrist, for instance, and pull and yank you, that's a very common situation. Like, come on, come with me, whatever. That happens a lot, especially with young kids too. Um, they grab you and say, oh, I know someone you know, like come with me. First thing you want to do is kind of bend at your knees to make yourself super heavy. Because yeah, if we I'm definitely. standing straight up, yeah, they're going to pull me some big strong man. But if I bend at my knees, I'm going to put the weight down in my legs. So if they pull me, I'm standing my own ground. Mm. In that situation, again, I want to be loud. I usually tell people to go for some sort of strike. So even though I practice Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I can pee Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, the striking is the most important thing. So if obviously it's a man who's attacking me, I don't want to sound like in any way, but I would immediately strike the groin. You know, I would either go like... Bottom fish strike or the back of my hand striking directly at the groin to stun him and stop him, especially if he's pulling me and yanking me. That's, okay. like, my to,
0: that's like my favorite thing to say to people too. Can you? Sorry if my reverb just went back. Um, that's like my favorite thing to say. I'm like, I'm
2: gonna punch you in
0: the dick if you.
2: you know. <laughs> it's one hundred percent true. It, it is like. I would say that, or, um, another good area that to strike is either behind the knee. If I go to throw a kick to someone's leg, they're going to turn the other way and expose their back. So that's what I want. I don't want them behind me. I want to either be facing them or them facing away from me. That's Um, what I want.
1: So what if they are behind you? What can you do if they are behind you?
2: So uh, one of my favorite things to do when someone's attacking me from behind, obviously, is I like to throw elbow strikes because elbow strikes are one of the most effective and hardest parts on your body. So if someone's coming behind me and I throw the back elbow, normally I'm going to get a good shot off, whether it's to the body, to the face, um, and they're going to be stunned a little bit. That's the Mm -hmm. most important thing, you know, that they stop dang what made
0: you start did you always have women's self-defense involved like in the academy in notorious or did you like decide one day you're like this needs to be here
2: so it was funny uh a few people that a few of the moms that were inside I was training their kids they weren't ready to like do my jujitsu women's only program they just wanted to learn like like what we're talking about a quick ways yeah, like show me how to get out of a chokehold, show me, you know, something very quick. And I was like, kind of intrigued by, I'm like, Mm. okay, you know, like for, for a normal person that maybe doesn't want to like join the program yet, just kind of learn something for their own self confidence. And then I did, um, a six week course. So I would say like within the last two years, yeah, it was about the last two years. Um, we did like six weeks at a time. So a lot of my women, which I was grateful and blessed, they ended up doing all the courses and then they ended up joining my jiu-jitsu program, which oh. was yeah. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> yeah,
1: because That's I awesome. feel like it's one of those things where um, once you realize what you're actually capable of and you start to gain some confidence on the momentum train, like it's hard to stop, right? Like you hit one little milestone and Issa and I talk about this all the time, but it makes you crave more. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that that would be like, like a self-defense class would be like a gateway into learning more about the practice.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, most of the the women that did the self-defense, um, definitely join the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu program and some of them are like big time competitors now so that's amazing
1: so what I know you mentioned the back of the knees what other like and the groin area what are there any other like sweet spots that one should know like I always say in the way Issa says I'm gonna punch you in the dick I say I'm gonna throat punch you like spots that you can like that are are will take someone down faster than like just aiming nowhere. And are we I open d- to
0: biting? I don't know. We're open to anything. That's what right? I'm saying. <laughs> like I, I, I'll throw it all out there. I just want to know. Like I'll bite someone. You know? I mean,
2: I, I, like I don't teach that personally, but I mean, <laughs> some people might feel comfortable doing that. But um, I would say the jaw. You know, mm. if you can get a shot to the jaw or the temple, is a good knockout shot. Uh, i usually teach um like a back fist strike to the temple usually if you hit them there they kind of fall down
1: yeah and back fist you're showing us with your hands but is that like the thumb side of your fist so basically like you would take oh, it to that like and back then strike
2: hand. yeah backhand. The-
1: literal
0: backhand got oh, it The fist yeah. oh with the fist yeah yeah what about um, like in the nose like bottom of your palm if you can get one up bang oh. right up their nose there yeah, are pressure
2: points there and actually behind your ears is a good one too. Like if some of the people do know jujitsu, I know we're talking about they aren't skilled, but there are some pressure points you could go to um, that can really take a person just down. Like stop hurting me, you know, nose, behind the ear, collarbone. Some of those situations where, again, the most important thing in that is that they stop you know? Mm, Yeah. yeah,
1: And then you fucking run. Um, I, I, I agree with that. So I am curious selfishly that like, I'm the type of person where I, I don't like to go into situations like blind, you know, like I like to practice. So I made a joke in our doc. I don't know how much (laughs) Issa sent you, but like, if you're, um, one, okay, this is a two-part question. Sorry, my brain is is operating quick, more quickly than I can speak. One, let's just say someone listening doesn't have the time, the resources, whatever it is to like take a class. Are there any other, um, like I know I mentioned YouTube before, Like, is there a specific YouTube channel that you would recommend? Are there any online resources that you might recommend for someone who wants to learn more but doesn't have the ability for one reason or another to do an in-person training?
2: So I I do, I, I personally know a few jiu-jitsu. Um, there's one called BJJ Fanatics. Uh, they actually have a good Instagram page and they go over a lot of, um, sorry, there goes my dog again. Um, they go over a lot of like techniques like that you can mm. watch. Uh, I personally have a lot of film footage on myself. So if there's ever anyone that doesn't, um, want to like come in i'll usually send them a clip you know i'll say hey like this is some of the things that we go over and that can make you feel a little bit more comfortable unless in case you want to come in but it gives them like an idea
1: yeah yeah we're gonna link We'll link BJJ fanatics, but we'll also link all of your contact information in the description box. Um, but I just wanted to make sure that, like, we are making this as easily accessible as possible. And then my,
0: the selfish part of my can I interrupt? Was, you, I'm going to interrupt yeah. you before your um, before your selfish part. Are you doing anything during COVID that is online? Good that like people can access you for.
2: So right now, actually, I one of the reasons that I was able to keep my academy uh, running because so many martial arts gyms unfortunately I had to close yeah. due to COVID, you know, and uh, I really feel for them because some of them were my good friends, but um, I did virtual learning five days a week, okay, Whoa. so a lot of people in our area unfortunately didn't have the time to do that or the accessibility, um, I did, and I did that for a few reasons. One, I feel that you could still learn tremendously through virtual learning because you're still the teacher is still addressing all of the issues that you would be doing in the class and solo movements, which, um, you can also learn by yourself, even if you don't have a partner are going to help you long-term move better Mm. in a situation. So, um, I did do that. Currently, uh, also, my boyfriend did a two uh, sessions per week workout on Zoom with my students. So my students were doing jujitsu and workout classes, and we did uh, kids program classes, which are still currently going. So that's um, awesome. Yes, we did reopen um, to 25 percent capacity and um, I still do virtual learning two days a week. So um,
0: that's pretty awesome that you get to do notorious X. Do you even move combination (laughs) business and pleasure. (laughs)
2: <laughs> mm-hmm that's awesome he's a good guy he's a good guy that was
1: actually you set me up perfectly for my question because i was gonna ask if you don't have someone to practice with as much as i would love to find someone to like toss over my shoulder i don't think that i know anybody right now that would be like willing to like let me beat them up so there are maneuvers and things that you can practice without a partner without uh some like a body
2: <laughs> yeah
1: to practice defending
2: yourself. So a few things like, um, especially with jujitsu, there's a lot of movements where you might be imitating doing the move on someone. For instance, if someone's laying on top of me, that would be like a top mount situation where maybe they're striking down at my face violently and I'm in a bad situation. There's a lot of movements I could do that I don't even need that person on top of me that I can practice. So I confidently can escape. Uh, that's where I think like the solo drills and all of my students that, um, I, I, they, a lot of the families trained together, so they were able to train with someone, but, uh, if they weren't, some of them actually purchased a grappling dummy, Mm. have those on Amazon or something if they wanted to do that as well. That's real
0: dedication.
1: It is. (laughs) And actually like really interesting. I'm about to get on Google. (laughs) If somebody is on top of you, can you walk us through what you can do to get out of
2: that? Sure. So uh, you're normally in like a top mount situation. Like I said, the person would be like straddling two knees on the mat. We're laying underneath them, trying to strike down at us, Mm -hmm. putting us in a really vulnerable place. So the first thing that I want to do is I want to keep my forearms inside and kind of protect myself from like the person striking me to the chest, the heart, those areas Mm -hmm. that are really, you know, sensitive to someone striking. Mm -hmm. Then what I want to do is I want to raise my hips so that their body weight comes close to mine and their weight is more in their lower body. So when I do that, I'm going to trap their arm at their wrist and their elbow. I'm going to pull it all the way in towards my own hip. Once I'm there, I'm going to step over that same side foot and I'm going to roll up to two knees so that I safely escape the position. And then again, like I spoke about, really should be looking to escape, like run as fast as we can and get out?
1: Yeah, we're not trying to kill other people because they tried to kill us. We're trying to get them. Fuck out of there. Absolutely. <laughs> you're also very good at explaining these complicated so good. maneuvers. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry I myself. Know. I mean, she's like, it's kind of my thing, you know? I was kind of like, we went into this and I was like, mm, you know, this could go either way. Like, it could either be just general information pointing us in the direction of some visuals, but you're like, very good at describing everything. So thank you for that.
0: Uh-huh. It's truly... Thanks Just for
1: like,
2: having me. I'm excited. I am excited.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was so much
0: useful information. I have another um, question before we we wrap. Yeah. But do you and your boyfriend, do you like, when do you guys like, oh, yeah, not That's like sexy seat. wrestling, but like, do you like, <laughs> of course practice? I took it there. <laughs> of course you did. But like, do you practice together? Does he like really go at it with you? Like, how is it?
2: so it's funny you ask that because we actually get that question all the time (laughs) I'm sure um since like obviously I'm a black belt and I've been doing martial arts my whole life uh people would tend to see me with someone who's been doing the martial arts as well just because they would understand like I'm a tough human being and like uh what I really liked about you know Casey Casey's my boyfriend Casey Rapinski he um was my trainer like strength trainer but uh he didn't know any martial arts. So I had taught him everything he knows. And um he got to the point where like he was my only partner in COVID because we were oh, yeah. so he got to the point where he was like giving me a hard time. I'm like, I'm teaching you everything I know and you're coming <laughs> back at me. And um he's I have to say uh he was like tremendous help as far as like me staying mentally sane through that and being able to train and um uh, He's actually got an incredible record in jujitsu. Um, I made him start competing. I don't know if he really wanted to, but I made him, and uh, now he's he's really pursued it. And um, yeah, I would say he's uh, definitely gotten harder the last couple months. But, yeah. Um. He's uh. He's amazing. You know, if you guys can find – like I said, I could shout him out all day. Uh, this guy helped me out during COVID tremendously with those classes and uh he was my main training and he's
1: an all yeah around we can we can um what's his instagram
2: i believe it's casey underscore D- d-y-e-m underscore recovery because he's mm. also a fascial stretch therapist
0: mm-hmm. mm, that sounds good right now oh. um
2: i know i always awesome. see you with
0: the bars or the thing yeah. <laughs> stick mobility <laughs> oh there you go I actually saw
1: that
2: you broke one of those. Yeah. <laughs> so we have like a joke at our gym, like, oh, you're getting so strong, you can break the stick. And I was so proud of myself because I was <laughs> I was doing a certain exercise and called the bow and arrow and I pulled the stick so hard that it broke. And I was like, whoa. And like all the women were like, Man, we already were like, Fiona works out so hard. And I'm like, guys, it's just it's all right.
0: You should have just like Kiss your muscle.
1: That's it. Um, that's awesome. You're so badass. I yeah. wish I, this sort of makes me wish I was still in Rutherford, so I could take some classes. But <laughs> you
0: better fucking take some classes. I know. I have to. i want to learn how to punch people right in the groin. Yeah.
1: Just, just straight gone. dick punch everybody you meet. Just like walk down the street on your knees. <laughs> I don't even have to be on my knees. I'm
0: so short. I just am.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Ease, I don't know if you're in the doc, but I, Fiona, we like to end every single interview with five random rapid fire questions, um, just to get
0: to know a little, five little fun facts about you. Okay. Don't be nervous. They're really easy. I'll do the first one because I don't know it, but I know she enjoys this. Favorite ice cream flavor, go.
2: Cookies and cream. Ooh. That
0: was the first one that I
2: put in the doc.
0: I know. You're not even in here. (laughs) She... I am I am in there. Oh, you are? Yes. Okay. I in that's how I knew it was. That's Cookies how I and
1: cream. There, but I, know I, thought you,
0: I thought you were in my brain for a second. I got a little worried. I wish. Like, get out of I, there. Get out. You can't. I wish. No, but I know Fiona loves her ice cream, so. It's true. Um, What is your guilty pleasure movie?
1: Cheesy Chick flick. Go. What first one that comes to your mind?
0: Friends
2: and Benefits. <laughs> Who's in that? Uh, Justin Timberlake and Mila, and Mila Kunis. Oh, Mila Kunis, yes.
0: <laughs> that is the cheesiest for sure. <laughs> but if you like it, we like it. We like honesty. Exactly. I'm not here to judge. All I watch is chick flicks. Okay. Re- that's li- literally all she watches. But all I watch is Housewives, so who am I to judge? Um, third question, who is your celebrity crush?
2: Um, Zach Efron yes oh
1: my god I'm having such a Zach Efron moment because I'm watching his Netflix docuseries and he's like hunky and like bulky and like bearded and I'm like give it to me <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you said that alright last book last, blah, last book you read
2: oh,
1: <laughs> it's been
2: that long huh oh The Champion Mindset Oh, do you did you would you recommend it? I would. I would re- I actually got it as a gift uh, from one of my students. I would definitely recommend it for the mental part.
0: hmm Oh, I love that. Um, last question, and this is our favorite question. What is your vibe?
2: I would say I'm super positive. <laughs> I'm super positive vibe. Um, you know, my my energy is like contagious. So yeah, yeah it so is positive.
0: it really is, B. <laughs> thank you so so much
1: like thank you so much i know that you were apprehensive about coming on here but you murdered it you killed it and you taught us how to kill it and we appreciate your time thank you really i appreciate
2: you both i know uh, especially right now with everything going on you guys are doing a great thing you know you guys keep doing that thanks and
1: let everyone uh know where they can find you and your academy
2: uh so my academy is um in East Weatherford, New Jersey. Uh the address is 126 Park Ave. It's actually on the main street there. Um if you guys need to find me, you can follow our Instagram. It's actually at Notorious Mixed Martial Arts. So all the info is on there as well. And our website is uh, NotoriousBJJ.com.
1: We're gonna link everything in the description box. And what's your
2: Instagram? Uh, my Instagram is like, at Team Fiona BJJ. Got it. You can find it all. We'll find <laughs> it all. Hello. Hey Ruth, thank you so much.
0: We love you. And this was super, super awesome. <laughs>